Welcome to Breaking Free Authentically, the podcast where we explore what redefining relationships looks like through a sex-positive lens. Let's kick shame and guilt to the curb and really start living a sexy, authentic life. I'm passionate about normalizing out-of-the-box ways of designing relationships. There's nothing quite like finding your tribe and experiencing the freedom of being completely yourself without judgment. I'm your host, Kareen Bedard, your sex-positive relationship designer, and I'm here to guide you in creating the relationship you desire, whether that is a more open one or simply a more empowered one. Join me every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time to enjoy the newest episode. Welcome to Breaking Free Authentically. We are on episode 49, and today my guest is Christy Holt. Christy Holt is a self-proclaimed happiness hussy, coach, podcast host, and international best-selling author who loves to show people how to get out of survival mode so that they can consciously create the happy life, relationships, and impact they desire. Christy is a coach for whole-ass humans, and that is so true, and using her signature CREATE method, she journeys right alongside her soul-led clients to support and love them as they discover and unlearn. Christy's mentorship helps her clients to connect with their soul-aligned desires and become unfuckwithable so that nothing stops them from making the massive impact that they are meant to create. This is such a fascinating conversation. It's so much fun. If you want to listen to her podcast, it is called Create Your Happy. It's an inspiration for conscious women, and it's available wherever you listen to podcasts. The book that she wrote is called Unstuck for Women, and it's available on Amazon. So check those things out. The links will be in the show notes for those. So today's episode, we really get into some deep stuff. And one of the main things that I love that we talked about is just the idea of radical responsibility. And... I just think that's so important to talk about this. I talk about really taking responsibility and owning your shit. And that's just such a part of growth and being a decent human being and being a good partner to yourself and to others and a good friend, a good parent. If we're not willing to own our shit and be radically responsible for our own actions, live with this idea of radical responsibility, um, we're going to find ourselves very stuck in life. And the other thing that I really loved is um, this idea of outsourcing our power. And so listen for that. We really get into this idea that we are in charge of our own power and we, we are taught to just people please and give our power away and rely on other people to give us what we need in order to be happy. So I hope you get so much out of this. This was such a joyful conversation for me because it just, it was all things that I'm so passionate about. So it was just really lovely to hash these things out and, and really get real, get down and dirty a little bit with you know, how this affects our sexuality, how it affects our relationships, 
how it keeps us stuck in, in ways that we don't even realize. So this is meant to bring you hope and happiness and help you get unstuck. So I'll see you soon. Please don't forget to go and give us a five-star review. It really helps the podcast be seen by a lot of people. And we want to get up there because our message is so important. And it's really, I think, life-changing, some of these things that we talk about. So please share it with your friends if you're brave. (laughs) And go rate and review. And uh, yeah, just help us help us be seen and move up. If we can be number one, that would be amazing. So let's do it. We'll see you soon. Are you struggling with your sexual well-being? Are you often disappointed in your relationships? Do you have unrealistic expectations? Do you ever wonder if you are actually cut out for monogamy? Maybe you've had some of these thoughts. Did you know it's not your fault? That's right. You've been brainwashed since childhood with a series of beliefs about sexuality and relationships. We call this the mono mindset. Do you feel like you've been sold a fairy tale when it comes to sex and love? Why isn't it working? Why am I not fulfilled? Why am I not satisfied? Why do I have a deep longing for more? Shouldn't I be satisfied? Content? Just be grateful? Well, you aren't alone. If this resonates with you, You are ready for the Breaking Free from Monogamy 8-week program. In this 8-week program, you will learn how the mono mindset has set us up for failure in our relationships and in our emotional and sexual well-being. How the mono mindset keeps us from being truly authentic in our sexuality and relationships. How it keeps us small and gives us a false sense of security. Why we think of sexuality and anything related to sex as wrong or taboo and how the mono mindset has invalidated your desires. Do you think to yourself, I want to fully enjoy my life and who I really am. I want real connections. I want to be able to be myself. I want to understand my body. I love who I am, but I don't seem to fit the mold. Maybe you've thought, I've always felt like a sexual deviant, but I'm actually a really good person. I don't understand. Well, many of my clients have said, Kareen, I didn't know I had choices. I thought monogamy was the only way to be happy and enjoy a fulfilling sex life. I thought that non-monogamy is for people that have commitment issues, and I thought it was just a way to legally cheat on your partner. I thought I was supposed to suppress my desires to have a successful relationship. But what if you could deconstruct the mindset that is holding you back from exploring other options? Well, you can in my eight-week Breaking Free from Monogamy program. Take your life back and become a master of healthy relating and sexuality. Lose the shame and guilt you've been programmed to feel in order to conform. It's not your fault. You weren't given a choice. Learn to love yourself and your desires. Discover what is natural and ethical. Breaking Free from Monogamy, an eight-week program shifting the mono mindset for greater intimacy and sexual well-being. Do you want to choose monogamy confidently or explore other healthy models? This program is for you. Please go visit offers.kareenbedard.com to go take the free Is Monogamy Right For Me quiz and to enroll in the new Breaking Free From Monogamy 8-week program. That's offers.kareenbedard.com.
please visit our website at www.breakingfreeauthentically.com and subscribe to our mailing list so you never miss an episode. Be sure to leave a review on Podchaser by clicking the link at the top of the page. That would mean the world to me. Finally, I'd love for you to join Breaking Free Authentically, our private sex-positive relationship community on Facebook. All the links will be posted in the show notes. Enjoy the show. Well, welcome back to Breaking Free Authentically. Today, we have a guest called Christy Holt, and I am very excited to have her. She calls herself the happiness hussy, which I already love that already. <laughs> but uh, it turns out we're kind of the same person uh, in so many ways. Uh, our just little preliminary conversation. Honestly, I wish we were recording it because, man, we had some juicy stuff. Maybe, well, maybe we'll be, be able to bring that back out for you. But honestly, you know, I, I talk about authenticity and how our relationship with ourselves and getting rid of shame and guilt and the core of who we are if we can honor that part of ourselves, everything else falls into place because we don't live out of scarcity or need. We get to live from a place of empowerment and confidence, and that's a game changer. So Christy, welcome to the podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. I want you to tell us about all the things first. Tell us about your podcast and tell us about your book. Because those are two big, big things that I think will help to get the conversation started for sure. Awesome. Yeah. So my podcast is called Create Your Happy, and it is ultimately inspiration for conscious women. It is all this current season, especially is all focused on the relationship that we have with ourself, mm. because whether you recognize this or not, this relationship that you have with yourself, the amount of love and acceptance that you are giving to yourself creates the foundation. And on this foundation, you're going to find that this is going to impact not only your other interpersonal relationships with other people, but your relationship with your body, with your work, with your children, with your, with food, with anything basically that is external to you. And so having this strong foundation of, of self living authentically as you, first of all, is a journey, not a destination. Mm -hmm. So let's just say there's always another, another, you know, layer of the onion to peel away, to step further into authenticity, getting to know ourselves more and more through compassionate inquiry and just remaining curious. And I think that actually will solve a lot of the world's problems if we just remained a little bit more curious, mm -hmm. uh, but that's a whole nother, a whole nother thing. So the show is ultimately about this relationship with self and how that really influences your entire experience of your, I'll say quote unquote reality, because nothing external to you is not passed through your, your perception, your filter. And so we ultimately if we want to shift our external experience, we have to work on shifting that filter. Mm -hmm. And that ties actually right into mentioning my book, which is called Unstuck for Women. And in this book, I share my spiral stopper method for getting out of survival style living, out of autopilot functioning, out of reactive living and into a more intentional space. So when we're not reacting immediately and we take a moment we can choose mm -hmm. how we are going to show up, who we are going to be and the actions that we are going to take in that moment versus just having our past redefine us over and over. Because if we're living in the past, it's sort of like this 
just like steamrolling of past experiences and memories and like nothing is ever going to change mm-hmm. because we're not consciously trying to change it. And I realized, I realized from my own experience, it came down to this moment of like, holy shit, like I'm the common denominator. When I look at all the things that I had to complain about and all the excuses that I had, they all was shifting the the focus and responsibility away from myself. And that was keeping me stuck. And so when I realized like, holy shit, I'm the common denominator, <laughs> channeling Taylor Swift, I'm the problem, it's me. <laughs> and then also realizing simultaneously that I am the one that holds the solutions. I'm the one I've been waiting for to come and save my ass. Mm-hmm. And here I am. And so ultimately the book is intended to help people build a toolbox of resources so that they can shift out of survival only into thriving, into consciously creating, into having the awareness and capacity to choose instead of life just running on its own. Yeah. I'm just going to pause for like, to let that sink in a little bit, because there's just nothing to add to that. That was, that was amazing. Um, I'm so in alignment with that. It's, it's so vital. It's so vital that we get to choose freedom equals choice. And this is our free will. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you've ever heard about the concept of free will as a human, if you're living on autopilot and survival mode and your past memories and past experiences are defining your current right now and, and your vision for the future, you are not experiencing free will, right? You are living on autopilot. Mm -hmm. And the truth is all of those experiences, all of those thoughts, all of those emotions and memories and everything tied up into it. They're not you. They're really ultimately when it boils down to it. And I don't take, I don't mean to say this like lightly in a brush it off kind of way, but they're a story mm-hmm. and you can change that story, mm-hmm. right? There's always multiple perspectives. You can always shift the way that you are adding meaning to mm-hmm. your experience. And that's why everyone in the same room can have a completely different experience of the same version of quote unquote reality, because mm-hmm. it's all filtered through our own unique perception. Literally no one else. Right. Has had all of those life experiences that you have that led you to this point mm-hmm. where, you know, whatever action you take or whatever experience you're trying to create is all coming from that. Like, there's a very slim chance that anyone else is going to have the same exact understanding as you are. And when we start to realize, we can start to build this compassion for not only other people, which is really important, but for ourselves, that mm-hmm. we are, in fact, just a human being like everyone else. We're showing up. We're doing the best we can with the resources and understanding that we currently possess in this moment. And that we are always able to change. We are always able to learn, to grow, to expand, to add more resources, to deepen our understanding. And our mistakes don't define us. They're actually part of our evolution. Yeah. Like, and to acknowledge our mistakes and to to own our shit. I always say own your shit, right? Like own your shit, but don't become shit because of it. Like, yeah, that shit doesn't define you. Like your choices that you make are based on the programming that you have and the programming creates the stories and those stories 
create thoughts. Those thoughts create emotions and the emotions drive our actions. And so we really have to understand where that all starts and recognizing that our programming it comes from someone else, someone else's experience and someone else's version of what our life should look like. And until we stop and go, wait a minute, just because I'm programmed that way doesn't mean that I have to live this loop. It doesn't mean I have to live this this existence or this story. I get to actually figure out what it is that I like and desire and need. What do I think about something I don't have to agree with people. I don't have my job is not to make them happy and, you know, prevent me from or I don't have to walk on eggshells all the time just to survive. Maybe that was my existence growing up or maybe that was your existence growing up. But you don't have to live that way anymore. You get to choose. You get to choose is this a scenario that works for me? Is it uh, is it a situation that brings joy to me um, or am I living inauthentically? Am I living for someone else's vision, someone else's desires, someone else's needs and ignoring my own? And so I know you've been doing a lot of work about people pleasing. And yeah. I think that that really, that's so potent. I did an episode a while back, um, I think with Emma Hall. No. Oh, I can't remember. I am just going to leave it at that. You go back and listen to um, people pleasing and non-monogamy and uh, just a lot of people get in difficult situations or inauthentic situations because they're busy pleasing because that's how we got our worth. If we could get a smile from someone, if we could get someone to be happy or feel good, then we'd done our job. And now we're getting a smile. We're getting a good response. We're getting a pat on the back. We're getting a compliment, all the things that make us feel good. Um, but we we're outsourcing what should yeah. never have been outsourced yep. and the good girl conditioning. And I, I, maybe your audience is both men and women, but mm-hmm. uh, I typically speak a lot about women because I am one and I'm very freaking passionate about, you know, <laughs> increasing our awareness, especially as women. Yeah. And also I have a, a, a female bodied meat suit. And so I'm intimately familiar with what I've got going on is why mm-hmm. I tend to speak from my perspective and my situation. Everyone is different, but the good girl conditioning, mm-hmm. this idea of we're supposed to be nice. Listen, I looked up nice and what it actually means is pleasing and agreeable. And to that, I want to say, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear this much. Oh on this yeah. Show. Swear Fuck that shit. Yeah. Forget <laughs> it. That is pleasing and agreeable. Are you kidding me? That sounds like a recipe for resentment, frustration, a whole bunch of rage right? Because we're not acting authentically. We're kowtowing to other people. We're avoiding conflict because it makes us feel some type of way. And now I'll be really clear, people pleasing and all of this conditioning is, is creating a trauma response. Mm-hmm. So it's not your fault. It's not, it's not even about fault. It, that's completely irrelevant to the topic. What it is about taking personal, I call it radical responsibility for yourself, because this is your way out And if you're not going to take your way out, no one can take it for you. And this is the crux of the whole thing because, oh my God, people pleasers, they want to help people. They want to give. They have such gigantic hearts. They're the people that went into first responder jobs and coaching and healing and mentoring and all of these things because they've just got this giant fucking heart and they can see 
the possibilities, the potential, the ways they can help people. Mm-hmm. And we live a life on this hope and this potentiality oh and not based in reality. So, so this is me in my, in my previous, in my second marriage, because I'm going to lay it all out on the table kind of gal. I've been married twice and divorced twice. And I, you know, I don't take it all very seriously. I have the most incredible partner now that I, it just gets better and better and better every single mm-hmm. day. So I can tell you a, a lot of things from a shitty experience perspective. And I can tell you a lot of things about how I got to where I am now, which You know, I feel like now it's almost like a fairy tale, especially compared to a lot of what I've been through. But this conditioning that we're supposed to be nice, we're supposed to manage other people's emotions and that, and it has. Even that it's supposed to be, even, even that it's supposed to be hard. Like that's (laughs) part of the conditioning, right? Like, like I have to be a good girl, has to be hard. I have to put my needs aside because I, God forbid that I'm happy, that I enjoy my life. And I just see that like the older generation, you know, it's like, you know, yeah. Oh, you the have to be responsible. Of, I'll sleep sentence. when I'm dead. And I, I, you know, there's no, it's not about me right now. It's about all my responsibilities and all the things I have to do. And I'm like, well, what, what are you waiting for? Like you're, you're retiring or you're retired and, and you still, and what? still waiting to enjoy your yeah. life. Like what, what's the point of living if we never get to the point where we enjoy it? And, and it's almost like being a martyr yep. is, is more honorable than being right. happy. And that was very, very much a conditioning, especially for women. Yep. And we have been taught that we are meant to be nurturing and yep. giving and nice and do all of these things. And, you know, it, it, we're exhausted, first of all, because mm-hmm. that is a futile effort. This is literally, again, outsourcing uh, the validation. And I think it has like maybe also something to do with this whole concept of self-esteem that has been kind of pushed out there. And self-esteem is a trap of external validation required in order to feel the self-esteem. It's very like rooted in your doingness, right? All the things that you're doing, you have to earn or prove yourself, your worth, your value. Well, and that's that, actually all wrong. That's actually not the truth at all because you're a freaking miracle because you exist, first of all. So let's recognize how fucking incredible that is to start with that you are here, one of 8.8 billion people having this human experience. And that alone is very incredible. But you know, ultimately we don't recognize our own power and it's not because it's actually gone. It's because we've been conditioned not to see it. And so if we can shift out of this bullshit idea that self-care is selfish, it's not, it's actually necessary. Y'all know that you're supposed to put on your own oxygen mask first. And I know that analogy has been like overdone to death, but you can't pour from an empty cup. Like you just can't give when you don't have anything left to give. And so you're not in a good capacity to give. Can we use another analogy that's perhaps more modern and that there's nobody who can deny. If you do not plug in your phone, <laughs> what good phone. is it? Yeah. Right? Like we all have a freaking cell phone. Yeah. And when it's at 10%, we're like, oh, shoot, I got to plug this in or I'm not going to be able to do my job. I'm not going to be able to communicate with my people. I'm not going to be available. I'm not going to be. So like what makes us think that we can let our batteries drain to like 2% and think that we can still be nurturing and loving and kind and 
look after everybody's needs and look at their face and read their face and their actions and make <laughs> like, so much unrealistic expectations. And you're is. right. We, and we nobody paying attention to the phone, the battery on the phone until it's dire, right? right? And likewise, we're not paying attention to ourselves either. I remember I used to go to physio very sporadically. And a couple of times my physio had said something like, do you always wait until like all the dash lights are on, on the car before you take it for maintenance? And I was of like, course. uh, no, not with my car, but he's like, well, that's what you're doing with yourself by waiting until you have problems before seeking support and help and dealing with them, right? Instead of like preventative. And I think that's actually a massive problem in society, in the world, in the healthcare system, especially we're slapping band-aids left, right, and center on things, not getting to the root of what's really going on. Mm-hmm. And so when we can actually create that space to really look below below the hood, you know, look into the programming on the phone, whatever analogy you want to use, but really to go inward, to look at who we are, this authenticity piece is everything. Because if you're not expressing yourself, mm-hmm. if you are tamping down parts of yourself to not be too much, uh, to to be liked, to all of these sort of like very passive and externally validating sort of situations. And yeah, they probably have worked, quote unquote, in the past, you probably have performed and got some validation and then realized, well, that didn't last. I got to go do it again. And we get trapped in this loop of again and again and again and again. We're chasing, chasing, chasing. Mm-hmm. Sometimes little nugget, sometimes like a little breadcrumb. We're like, oh, I'll just keep going. But at some point, you got to admit, like, first of all, you can't make other people happy, nor is it your responsibility to manage anyone else's emotions. And on the, the nice, versus kind thing. I think those are very different things. Being kind is, is is great. Please, for the love, be kind to people that just, you know, view people and interact with them from a position of love. Absolutely. But kind is like where you're just pleasing them. You're probably nice. You mean? You're, you're, yes, sorry, you're nice. You're just pleasing people. You're just trying to get them to have a certain response, whether it's aware to you or completely unbeknownst to you. That is the strategy to get to get something yeah, out of yeah. you giving, right? You're giving nice, a gift. Nice is uh, transactional. Yeah. Kind is expectation. Yeah, and and kind is is from the heart. Um, it is a a giving of your energy without mm-hmm. expectation of return, and um, yeah, we do confuse that. And we can tell sometimes we've slipped from kind into nice. When we are frustrated yeah. that our efforts have gone unnoticed, that we're not feeling appreciated, we're frustrated. Like a situation I can think of off the top is like, you know, sometimes you see people holding the door for somebody and they don't get that like, thank you so much response. And immediately they're pissed. Mm-hmm. They're just enraged. How dare they? They're not- doing what they're supposed to do rather than right. authentically so- offering that gesture, right? Yeah, so we can really start to identify those underlying intentions that we might not be aware of based on our response afterwards, which can be a real, real big indicator to where we might want to do some of that compassionate inquiry within. Right. (laughs) And and let's let's be super aware of what our body's telling us in those moments. Like when we're being nice, often our body's feeling uncomfortable or we're like second guessing whether we should do it or not. When you're being kind, you don't usually ask yourself if you should do that or not. You just do it. 
And if you're being nice, it's like, oh, do I really want to do that? Oh, do I really want to go to that event? They're going to feel like if I don't go, then I don't care about them, blah, 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 blah. That's being nice. Mm-hmm. Right? And let's also talk about codependence. Mm. Because I did not realize that I was codependent in my marriage. And that, again, you were saying the common denominator was you. Um, I didn't realize how codependent I was on my partner and how enmeshed I had become. Um, I had put all my worth in his recognition of me Mm. because... I had chosen to give up everything that was important to me for him in a sense. And for me, that was giving up my guy friends, um, working really hard to never have an affair, even though I'm a very sexual person. I didn't ever cheat. I didn't do those things. Even flirting was frowned upon, but I'm just a naturally loving person and it comes off as flirting, but that's not my intention. I was very hundred percent committed. Um, I made sure that his life was comfortable in my definition, in my life. And I was sacrificing my own needs. Now, it wasn't received that way. No, and that's the interesting part of it, isn't it? Because we're also in doing so, creating a whole lot of assumptions that were going on. And they might not be right either. So here we are making assumptions. If I do this, then this will happen. Then they'll feel this way. Then I'll feel this way and blah, blah, blah. And, And it doesn't fucking work out. And we're like, what? Isn't that called like future future pacing or future? Oh, it's this ability we have as humans to like think of the future. Yeah, think of the future scenario, which is why when we get in a fight or flight response or when fear comes into our bodies, we let that spiral. Like you said, Mm -hmm. we let it spiral because we're thinking of all the ways now that things could go wrong. Whereas an animal doesn't do that. Most animals are just not thinking no. that far ahead. No, nope. survival only. And yeah. they're not investing all of their resources into this bullshit of storytelling and assumption creating <laughs> judgments. Or and guilt everything. and shame, right? They're not all like, beating that. themselves up for. Yeah. They yeah. just focus on like, how do I survive this moment? And then I tell you what, when that moment has passed and their safety is available, they don't do what we do. We are like, oh, let me go numb myself. Let me go avoid feeling this. Let me just, that was terrible. I want to forget about it. I want to pretend it never happened. All of these things. So we numb and we avoid, we, we distract ourselves. The animal gives their, their body a damn shake, literally loosing that stress energy from, like we'd all literally could do to, to do well, to give ourselves a good shake. Last episode, Um, I just talked about that, like uh, toddlers with, with tantrums. And how they're literally getting rid of that energy out of their body. There's other ways to deal with it as well, other than tantrums. And that's what right. have to teach them. But to recognize that they're doing a natural process of evicting the negative emotion, the frustration. And here we are just like stomping that emotion down. No, no, no. Don't feel anything. Don't right. react. Well, don't don't we have how to handle those big emotions. We oh. were told, in fact, most of us. Uh, we're told okay. to, to to quiet down and to not be so much and to, you know, we're too emotional and not too heard. And so we weren't resourced to properly process and move through stress or any sort of situation because stress is in the eye of the beholder. The the trauma is in the, the eye of the beholder. It's not about the situation as much as how we interpret that and process it. And if we're not moving through it, 
We are carrying that shit along with us, whether we like it or not. And it starts to leak out sideways in choosing things that are not for us, saying things that feel out of context, going from zero to 60 over or nothing. You know, we've all had these experiences. I've had them myself. That's why I can speak so freely on them. I've done it. Been there, done there. I have a lot of t-shirts, a whole collection, you know, (laughs) to show you how many times I have done the people pleasing thing. And I can guarantee it never worked out for the highest for everybody. It very often didn't work out for the highest of anybody in the situation, because most often what happens is we feel resentful and we miss the mark and we don't get what we want. And then they're also not happy. And so it really does cement us into this downward spiral. Now, I think you can future pace in an upward motion and thinking about the good possibilities. And that's much more powerful. Uh, First of all, do we want to feel shitty or do we want to feel positive and hopeful for the future? I mean, when we act from how we want to feel, we're much more likely to have the experience we desire. And when we are stuck in most of the time, not even in the present moment when we're doing this, right? Because we're actually retelling stories, we're future visioning, worst case scenarios, and our minds love to do this. Oh my God. Our minds are like, field day. We are the most creative storytellers is what it really is. And like, why don't we start recognizing this superpower and start using it for our our benefit? Well, and it's it's interesting because so that just made me think like how you and I were both like um, living on the hope of of yeah. what the relationship could be or whatever. The potential. Yeah, the potential. And so like not only do we spiral into the negativity of what could be, when it's time to make a good decision for ourselves, we then spiral upward of all the beliefs and hope and potential that could be if we stay, even though there's been no evidence of that. So we're not in reality. No, (laughs) it's like we avoid it on either way. So like if the choice is hard (laughs) and feels like it would be judged, like, okay, if leaving my marriage, I'm going to be a failure, right? Then, no, I'm staying because I know that there's hope and I see the best in them. And there's so much potential if we just both work a little harder and we just both, you know, um, are more committed, all that kind of stuff. That's that's how we ground in that place. And then if something's happening that isn't even intentional, (laughs) We then go in this downward spiral and we make something mean, something, oh, they don't like me and blah, 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 blah. And it's like we try to protect ourselves at whatever cost. So if the story has to be a negative story to protect us from feeling bad, we'll do that. If the story has to be positive to keep us stuck in a space that we need to, that we think we need to be in, then we'll create a positive story to keep us stuck. And yeah, exactly what you said. To get unstuck, to use your title of your book, yeah. is about looking at what is reality. And reality is what my body is telling me, what I actually am feeling inside and why I'm feeling that way. Is it good feelings? Is it bad feelings? Am I depending on that's a judgment else? to start with too, right? Whether we feel yeah. good or feel bad. Ultimate information. True. So if we can really take it all I, the way down to like this is information, strip away 
the good, the bad, the other judgments that we're making, strip away the stories, strip away the meaning. Mm -hmm. What are we really feeling in this moment? And is it a feeling we'd like more of Mm -hmm. or less of? And what actions can we do to facilitate? I think most of us generally would choose to feel more of that thing. We want to feel more peace. We want to feel more confident. We want to feel more connected to our, our relationships, right? But we're often taking action that goes in the opposite direction out of the safety mechanism. So if we can start to really focus on the feeling and look at this as information. Yeah. Detract all that. Even even let's look at anxiety for a second. So like I always say, like, what zone are you feeling in your body? So we've got our zone ones like our neck and our head and our back and our shoulders. Um, and sort of the the center of anger, right? And we hold resentments there and there's a right that hasn't, there's a wrong that hasn't been righted. And so there's this imbalance. And um, so we feel, we tend to keep it there. We carry it there. Uh, In our chest is zone two, chest and throat. So that's like a a longing. And if we haven't, um, if if there's something that we long for that we're not having, that we're not getting, uh, there's a sadness, there's like weight on your chest or you can't use your voice because you know, there's some unspoken longing. And then, you know, the the third zone is like that in your stomach, right? The anxiety, seed of fear of fear and anxiety. But here's the thing with anxiety. When you're on a roller coaster, (laughs) that same feeling is in the same place in zone three. But we call that and we can call that excitement. Yep. So the story that we give it determines what that feeling turns into or what it can be used for. And let's just talk about sex since this is a sex positive uh, podcast. (laughs) Um, So like even pain during sex, the pain, once your mind hits this like pain and pleasure in the same place, it's the same nerves and your brain can turn it into pleasure or pain. So if you've got tension or fear about something, it's going to stay in pain. But if you're like allowing that and open to it, um, that pain will turn to pleasure pretty quickly. And so it's important to to know that we ultimately have control over yeah. even these things in in our bodies, these sensations we get to be, we're meaning makers and we get to create the meaning that, that, that we give it, right? Like, I mean, like we're, we're telling a story ultimately based on whatever meanings and, and, you know, judgments and assumptions and all of these external pieces that we're taking, we're putting it through our filter. We're giving it this meaning. We're creating a story around it. Usually it's not our story. Usually it's filled with every, it's like, it's like AI. It's our it's, version. Of it's that our version, story. but it comes from all the feedback we've had our whole lives, right? Yeah. So, like, yeah. it doesn't come from a genuine place a lot of times, and that's why getting to be authentic and and really clear on who you are, what your desires and fantasies and needs are, like, don't don't minimize that for a second because that will tell you what actually does light you up. And but we are so quick to put shame on that. We're so yeah. quick to say, oh well. I can't really want that. So I don't want that. I'm I'm happy with this. And then we live someone else's reality. Yeah. And we continue that cycle. 
and we don't get what we want. No. And so we're resentful. We're angry. We're, we're not feeling, we're feeling all kinds of incongruent with what our soul and our heart is longing for, but that we can't, we feel like we can't have. And it, it, we can't be honest about that either because that's not being grateful. (laughs) But so many traps we can be stuck in. There is, right? Like, like we're, we're not allowed to really want what we want because then we're, we're not content. Um, but I think like being content is so important. Um, and that means letting go of the need for something to turn out a certain way. Yeah, it's that attachment to the outcome. Right, exactly. That really, but, really holds us like captive in our own key, yeah. really. But contentment is never a bad thing when it's, we, we've had a part in creating our reality, right? Like, like let's say... Let me think here. You know, if we want something really badly and and we put so much effort into that thing, um, being content doesn't mean you drop all your efforts on on reaching your goals. And I think that the, that is made to be the same. Like if I'm contentment, if I'm content, then I've just given up on life. And it's like, no, it's this, that's it's not this what backwards that idea, right? Because it people feel like if they allow themselves to be content where they're at, they feel like they'll become complacent and unmotivated. Yeah. And that's just not the truth. Not it's if you're living thing. your truth. Yeah. It's you know, if you are living and doing the things that light you up, it's not selfish. It's actually you living in your power, you living in your gifts, you putting what your mama gave you to good use. You working at a hundred percent charge. (laughs) Absolutely. Full send, right? (laughs) And that's what we all deserve. We deserve to have, honestly, we deserve to have all those longings of our heart. Yes. They're meant for us. They're not there just to tease you. They're there because they're they're part of what is meant to be your destiny. Now you do have free will and you can choose to pull that in and start going after those things or you can stay complacent. But honestly, the trap is really that you think that doing it that way would be complacency and lazy and oh my God, I don't want to look complacent and lazy by being content. Right. So instead we take on a life of suffering and struggle and hardship. Uh-huh. Like what the fuck are we doing? We've got it backwards, right? You don't, you don't need to suffer. That's not that's not your intended state. Your intended state is feeling good. I've had clients stuck in that loop and it's like there's no explaining it. Like you have to want to see it. And it makes me so sad because I'm like, you're trying so, 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 so hard every day. And you don't see the beautiful things that you are creating because all you see is the things that you haven't reached yet or that you might never have. And the might never having says something about your worth. Yeah. Whereas being content would allow you to allow a different outcome and and find the beauty in that. Maybe that's not meant for you. You can still want it, but we can't just have everything we want. It's not how life works. Like sometimes you can desire something, but it doesn't mean you're going to get it. You can try for it. You can acknowledge that desire. You can own it. You do not have to shame it, but it may not, like you might be monogamous and you have chosen monogamy and you love monogamy and you honor that. Your partner has also chosen that and you've agreed to that. Okay. 
You've both now consciously you're, yep. agreed to monogamy, okay? And all of a sudden you're like, oh, that's a hot guy. I really would like to have sex with him. You can have that desire 100% all you want, but you are not honoring your agreement if you think that you can just go out and get it just because you're allowed to have that desire. Like there is a sense of responsibility and honoring your boundaries, honoring the things that you have chosen. And that's why making agreements and setting boundaries is so critical, not just being nice. It's because you get to decide and you also get to revisit your agreements, which is why I love the work that I do as a relationship designer. You get to redesign your home. You get to redesign your relationship. You change. You grow, you become different and you value different things and you might be at a different stage of life. Maybe your kids are grown up now and you want a little more sexual excitement. Maybe you want to include other people in your sex life and you can both decide that together without breaking the agreement if you do it and renegotiate together. Yeah. And it has to be both parties. Otherwise, we're not honoring one another, right? Right. And (laughs) I want to say, excuse me. I want to say as far as like the things we desire, we often have this vision of this thing that we desire or want in our minds. Now, what we actually truly desire is not the thing. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't be in this, in this example that you said, it wouldn't be the sex with that hot guy. It would be whatever that experience is creating for you. So it's not about the sex with the hot guy. It's about you feeling lit up. Now, are there other ways for you to feel lit up? Hell yeah, there Mm -hmm. are all kinds of them, right? And so instead of, I don't really talk about goals because I think goals are kind of bullshit Mm -hmm. and all this smart nonsense. And it has us outsourcing all of this stuff all the time. And to me, I like to reframe it as an intention because now we're actually focusing on what is the experience? What is the feeling that you want to have? And by experience, I mean like your experience, not like the outward circumstances. I don't, I know everybody want to lose 20 pounds or, you know, get that job, but what is that going to allow you to experience differently? Because that is what you're really longing for. That is what you're meant to go towards, not rigidly going towards. I had this fantasy about the rock and I just can't let it go until I meet the rock and have sex with it. It's not about that. How would you, what is it about that, that you are pursuing? That right. What's the underneath desire for? Like, Is it for for pure novelty and something different? Is it that you would feel validated by that? Okay, why? What is it about that that would make you feel validated? Let's dig a little deeper. Oh, well, that would mean that I am attractive and I'm worthy if The Rocks wants to see me. Okay, (laughs) so what what if you do something that does make you feel beautiful and attractive and that you can get to a place where you own that and you don't even need the rock to give that to you. (laughs) You Because I mean, really, let's be honest here. If we're waiting for the rock to show up and validate us sexually, we are going to be waiting a long fucking time. Mm -hmm. And so that is really outsourcing our power, which is why I don't like looking at goals because it's outsourcing our power. It's outsourcing our capabilities. And the truth is, I like to look at it as an intention setting practice because we're the only ones we can control and to try and control anyone else or to manipulate other circumstances, whether intentional or unintentional, which 
hot take on people pleasing. I do believe that is in effect a form of emotional manipulation. Now I don't mean people pleasers are jerks. Like I said earlier, they are huge hearted people and they are just trying to elicit a certain outcome. They want the person to feel good. There's nothing sinister or wrong. I'm not shaming people pleasers for doing this, but the fact of the matter is, is we're trying to emotionally manipulate the situation, the people around us. And we do this all over the place, right? We go and we set goals and now we're trying to massage the external reality so that it can fit into our smart little fucking goal so that we can feel good about ourselves. Well, that's, that's a recipe for never feeling very freaking good about yourself, or at least not being in your power. You want to be in your power. You're going to set intentions. Who am I going to be? How am I going to show up? Which beliefs am I going to lean into? Right. And then from there, what are the aligned actions that I'm going to take that feel good, feel authentic, that feel congruent for me? And now guess what? I can start winning damn near straight away because if my intention is to move towards peace, to move towards contentment in my relationship, to deepen the connection, to spice up my sex life, guess who's in the driver's seat? Me. I'm the common denominator. I get to choose. And that's what radical responsibility is about, right? I love that. I'm writing this down. <laughs> Radical responsibility. I love that terminology. I've 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 heard it many times and I've used it, but I sometimes forget. Um I love it too. It's honestly like what I use the hashtag a lot because it's it's just an idea that really resonates with me. And I think it does nod to like, let's reclaim your personal power. Yeah. This is you taking radical responsibility and not outsourcing, not and it involves putting your life in other people's hands. Right. And it involves owning your shit too. Like, it does. And, and owning your shit doesn't mean, again, yeah, I mean, you're bad. Becoming this shit, right? It doesn't mean that, that <laughs> doesn't owning mean anything. shit means that you are something that you're not. It just means you get to take responsibility for your part in something. And yeah. when you do that, you free up space to allow other things and to move past that. When we're stuck in the guilt and shame cycle, like there's nothing worse than that. Like it just, it's, it's, it's a never ending loop, yeah. you know? Yeah. And it doesn't and, feel good. No. And when we're in that and we're waiting for things outside of us to change, which is my story for sure. In my marriage, I was absolutely waiting for, you know, waiting for the kids to get older before I broke up my family, which was like a whole bunch of bullshit nonsense. Cause I actually really did come to this realization that well, my kids didn't need me to be perfect or hold it together or try and piece a relationship together that obviously wasn't working and literally pretty much never was right. That was me living in a potential, not in the reality. And oh my- I, I am someone as an empath who sees And this is a great tool as a coach, right? Mm -hmm. To see the potential in people to encourage them. But but we have to be very careful as empaths and coaches to recognize that that, that's not our journey to take. We can see it. We can encourage people. We can lend them our belief. But if they're not going to take the steps, we can't do that for them. And oh, the empaths. Oh, it's like, I know. It's like a a knife to the heart, right? Because- You're like, oh, you're so close. If you just did this, like just it's there for the taking. Just shift your beliefs and 
And they're just busy, like telling you all the things that are wrong and the same stories over and over again. And you're like, okay, we, I thought we were close, but now we're back. Now we're back story. And that's okay. Everyone's on their own journey. And at the right timing, they will have, you know, the awareness needed to take them on the next step. And I was just, you know, like to say that the first step in changing something that you don't think you can change is to change your belief that it can't change. Mm. You're not going to change the things literally from any standpoint by just a hope and a prayer or wishing it was different. And oh my God, I wish it were that simple. Like some people definitely talk about it being that simple. And I know that when you're in that situation, you're like, that's bullshit. And I know it. Mm -hmm. And it feels like that. The truth is once you see how you can take on board the feelings and experiences you want and, and, and just simply observe the rest, like that's not me. I'm not my thoughts, right? I am actually the observer of my thoughts. So I don't need to take those all on board. My emotions are just information until I start storytelling, right? So there's just a lot to observe. And when you can step into that observer role, everything starts to shift. Your perspective starts to shift and you can start to see things from a slightly more elevated angle, right? Even those patterns repeating, Yes, you might be in a loop. You might have the same patterns like, oh my God, I attracted this kind of person into my life again. Someone else who takes me for granted. Mm-hmm. And now you can Once look you're at aware path. of the conditioning, you can't right. unsee that. Like you can't. But you're always at another vantage yeah. point. You can't so, become unaware. You can't go yeah. backwards. Like if you're truly like being aware, learning your conditioning shifting your programming and figuring out what your limiting beliefs are. Like you only can go up because you can't, you know, it's like once a child learns that Santa Claus, Santa Claus doesn't exist. Right. So I know, but once a child learns that they can't go back. You can pretend. I mean, you can pretend again, actually with my son (laughs) in grade one. Oh my goodness. Uh, we had this, this is totally a, a tangent story, but it's hilarious. And so <laughs> he'd come home and it was St. Patrick's Day. And he's like, mom, we had a, we set a leprechaun trap. And I hope that, you know, no leprechauns get hurt in, in this trap. And I was just like, oh, honey, it's okay. Like leprechauns aren't real. That's just for fun. And he was just like, oh my God. He's like, what? And I was like, well, I've gone there now. Um, Cut out of the bag. That is, we can't, we can't roll that one back in the, in the garage. (laughs) So I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, it's true. It's, they're not really, they're just, just for fun. It's like just a fun thing to, to play around with and like imagine, right? Like that's fun being creative. And then he's like, but what about the tooth fairy and the Easter bunny and Santa Claus? And I was like, oh shit, really opened that one up. Um, (laughs) So I'm, I decide what I what I do is I put it back to him. I was gonna say, did you put it back to him? What do you? What think? do you believe? Uh-huh. And he's like, I don't know. He's like, I have to give it some thought. So it circled back a little later, and he's like, I gave it some thought, and I'm gonna choose to continue believing anyways. That's and I was awesome. like, all right. So again, <laughs> the story probably had a purpose, so I'm gonna try and make one anyways. I think there is one. We can well, choose, can, yeah. But we believe, yeah. Even when we know these things. But having the awareness, you know, it's just like my son looking to get a job. I said, there are a million possibilities out there. He has one one that fell in his lap. And I said, well, like, if that's not something you feel really excited to do, you could see what else is possible, right? You can make yourself aware of the possibilities and the choices. 
And I think that so many of us don't do that. And I think it's because we're living in a, in a world where we can get all the information we need in three seconds or less on our phone. We can get Amazon to deliver our, our pa- toilet paper to our doorstep, and we don't have to do so much things. But we're not implementing the information. The information is all over the place, but oh, so we true. struggle with the implementation. So oh, yeah. for anybody who's stuck, I know you're brilliant. The information is out there. You can Google it. You can YouTube it. You can watch 48 TikToks on the topic. There is no shortage of the information. Now, where you need the human touch, maybe a mentor, coach, guide, something like that is to help you with the implementation so that you can integrate that into your your daily experience because knowledge without experiencing it is not that helpful, honestly. It's not going to make much difference in your life. It's true. You just end up actually shitting all over yourself. You know, I know I should be going to the gym. I know I should be (laughs) eating more vegetables, whatever it is. But should never helped anyone. Should never helped anybody. Right? Actually, again, demotivating because now you're mm-hmm. in a cycle of beating yourself up and feeling yep. shame for all the things that you shouldn't, should or shouldn't have done. Yep. That's not a good place to be. One of the things that I realized lately is like I was in this sort of like learning loop and I just like gleaning all the information I could get. And I was like, why aren't I moving ahead? And mm-hmm. I was never stopping long enough to allow myself to implement. Yeah. And that's been really, really hard because I love to learn because it's new and shiny and exciting, right? And my my ADHD brain just loves that and mm-hmm. loves the dopamine hit. However, it also loves to implement and see the results. And so I had to shift that. The hit of dopamine can come from the implementation of the thing that's no longer new and shiny. Make that the shiny thing, right? Um, But that takes discipline, but it also takes intention. And I have to create, it's part of me getting to choose the reality that I want rather than just saying, well, I just, I'm terrible at implementation. I I know that. Right? Like, okay, that's, that's good information, right? Like you said earlier, don't beat yourself up over that. Just use that okay, this might not be, might not have been my strong suit, but first of all, I forgive myself for believing I'm not good at implementation Mm -hmm. because I don't want that past nonsense getting in my way of changing things and doing things differently. Right. And we get permission to ourselves to learn how Mm -hmm. to do that thing that we maybe aren't the best at. Mm -hmm. I mean, we didn't learn to walk in one moment. We didn't learn to talk overnight. Lots of things requires some repeated effort and practice and it is a journey and we get to go we get to go back to and go wow look what I couldn't do a year ago and I never thought I could do that and look at all the things that I have learned and I've implemented and then I've done da 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 and we get to do that we get to toot our own horn sometimes and build ourselves up because then our energy doesn't need to go and find it from someone else. We're literally right here. Like we're seeking so much information outside of ourselves when the truth is it's not out there. Inside you. Your truth is in you. Your path is in you. Your, all the unique things about you come from within. And so it's just sort of a distraction to be chasing the things outside leaves us on this goose chase of external validation. And if you do that exercise of looking back now and then, 
I recently did this, looked back to my life five years ago, hardly recognizable, if mm. we're really honest. Five years ago, me, um, honestly, thought she would probably never have sex again. Mm. Um, did not feel sexy or wanted. Didn't think actually on the tail end of my divorce that anybody would want a single mom who was nearly 40 with three kids. Mm-hmm. This is the stories. I, I also was like terrified of what people would think about me or what they would say. Like it was just such a bunch of nonsense when I was in it. That's why I stayed so long until I realized like, okay, <laughs> this is like, bam, 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 slapping me across <laughs> the face. This isn't working. And then I'm like, oh shit. Okay. Yeah. No, I guess that's that radical responsibility. That's on me. And turns out I kind of enjoy sex an awful lot. And I don't know how I survived 15 years without it. So look how far we've come, right? Like, right? Yay. like, oh, wow. Like it was just really stuck and really like overwhelmed. And I didn't see all of this possibility. In fact, I saw very little of it. I saw the possibility of more of the shit that I was experiencing. And I was having a hard time seeing past that. Mm-hmm. I actually even worked with my therapist. She wanted me to create this, <clears throat> this description of an ideal relationship. And I had a hell of a time. I'll tell you what, I could tell her exactly what I did not want. Mm-hmm. You know, I did not want someone to speak down to me. I did not want someone to gaslight me. I didn't want conflict all the time. I didn't want someone who was angry all the time and see how that was all outsourcing all of the things. Right. So Mm -hmm. she helped me. Thank goodness. Like probably one of the most pivotal moments Mm -hmm. You shift that. What was the experience I wanted? I wanted to feel loved. I wanted to be accepted for who I am. I wanted to feel cherished. I wanted to feel attractive and like someone really truly desired me. And even all of those shameful, private, you know, hidden parts of me that they would actually accept all of me so that I didn't have to wear the mask, so that I didn't have to perform or pretend or prove myself constantly, which never worked anyway. And so when I started to take back my power, I reframed it. And I'll tell you what, my partner is all of, you know, he met all the criteria and our relationship met all of that criteria. And it's only gotten better and better, like, in the last five years since we've been together. Mm-hmm. And the difference was we both came whole. Mm, yep. You know, we, we weren't looking to, to someone else to, to fill, fill what we thought was missing. We came whole knowing that, yeah, there's some, some light and there's some dark, there's some quote unquote good and some quote unquote bad. And we come with all of it as a whole ass human. Mm-hmm. And when we come whole, we don't have this need, this expectation, this attachment for someone else to validate. Yep. And so it really eliminates a whole bunch of nonsense, honestly. And we just are able to validate ourselves to accept ourselves. And I'll tell you what, when you start doing that, you will very quickly notice the experience around you is changing too. Well, you open up the ability to receive that as well. Like if you, if you feels like magic, right? (laughs) Like if you believe that you're beautiful, you're going to receive when someone treats you like you're beautiful. When someone tells you that you're beautiful, you're not going to reject that. Yep. But just think of that movie, I Feel Pretty, is a perfect example oh, of that. Is that the one where, where- uh, yeah, where she basically, she thinks that she, well, she like ends up in another body and she's hot all of a sudden. And so she is feeling herself. And the way that you act and present yourself, project your energy into the world when you feel good is very different 
than when you feel kind of shitty or you're trash talking yourself or that inner bitch is taking over and you just feel crummy all around. Yeah. You're you're not putting yourself out there in a way that you will be seen and heard as authentically you. So this is the crux. You won't actually receive that back. You won't feel that because you're not you're not actually allowing it. Well, your relationships outside of yourself are only as good as your relationship with yourself. That's the foundation. You won't allow anything better than how you treat yourself. And if you do, then it's a codependent relationship because you are so in need of them in order to have your worth that you you're like a leech <laughs> and, you, yeah. and you need that because you're not giving it to yourself mm-hmm. and it it seems so weird but it's like we've got to we've nobody knows us like we do yeah and so we can speak into ourselves most beautiful things and when we start to live in that like change our words change our thoughts about ourselves about you know give ourselves grace and love and kindness and not shame our thoughts and desires or fantasies when we open ourselves up to that it's like we can stand taller and like we believe those things when they come to us we believe that we deserve a good relationship when someone treats us like we treat ourselves we're not like oh no no that you're not for real that's not really me right. we're not going to be able to re- we're not going to be able to receive it if we can't give it to ourselves and that is the sad reality, but it's also such a powerful reality. And it doesn't mean anything about your worth. So let's be really clear that it's not at all to say that if you don't love yourself, other people can't love you or that you're not worthy of love. It's the opposite of Mm -hmm. that is that you are so fucking worthy of love, but it starts with you. It starts with you because you can't can't recognize this unconditional love until you've experienced it. And sometimes we can experience it from another person. But like you said, we'll feel like hmm, something's this is a little too bit good to be true. And this feels like off. It's not like my normal. So it can create this nervous system response. And then we're thinking like, well, that's not right. Or, oh my gosh, maybe we have a our definitions of love from childhood or from our religious background or whatever else that has all of these assumptions and expectations attached. My viewpoint is that love with conditions is no longer love. That's just no longer meeting the definition of love because love is intended to be a gift and a gift with expectations with, you know, a reciprocation required is no longer a gift. You don't give a gift with the receipt. You owe me this much. Right. So <laughs> it's crazy to me that we, we absolutely as humans go about doing that. We, we condition our love. We put conditions, we put expectations, we put parameters around it. And then here's the thing though. Let, let me just bring it back to this. Like it is not your fault that you don't love yourself. It's not your fault. Why? Because you have been conditioned not to. Yeah. You have been conditioned not to love yourself. You've been told it's selfish. You've been told that you can't be prideful. You can, you've been told that you are not allowed to toot your own horn and you have to allow compliments to come to you instead of of you. Everything I did 
especially as a Christian, I remember in the church, like I'm a musician and I, I'm a singer. And so I'd play the piano and sing at church and people would try to tell me that I did a good job or whatever, but I wasn't allowed to receive that. I had to be like, oh, well, that gives the glory to God, you know? And mm-hmm. I just was never allowed to take credit for anything that I did. I got up at 6.30 every morning and practiced the piano for an hour, you know? Maybe I was talented already, but I did the work and I was never allowed to get the recognition of that. I wasn't allowed to give it to myself. And I certainly wasn't allowed to receive it from other people. So that informs also a lot of people that have grown up in the church. I was listening to a song the other day and the the whole concept is like, I cannot be loved unless you tell me I'm worthy of love. My worth only lied in, in Christ's love for me. And I was nothing without him. And so when you're taught that your sense of worth and power only lies in in God or in someone else, something outside of yourself, it's no wonder that we look to relationships yeah. to fulfill things because it's outside of ourselves. We're not allowed to give it to us. We even have trouble with that concept of the mask, right? Like put it on your child first or put it on yourself first and then your child. Like as mothers, we're programmed to like, no, 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 no. Why would I do that? That seems so counterintuitive. Why would that be counterintuitive? Why would that be counterintuitive? Let me ask again. Again, like the programming, right? It is so. The the religious, (laughs) that is also an illusion. It's creating this illusion of separation that God is somewhere outside of us. And I know that I'm, you know, I don't say this in a way to offend people, but I do want to point out that God is within you. Jesus is within you. And that is everything that the Bible is pointing towards is that you are a likeness of God. You are essentially God in an individuated human form. Mm-hmm. And everything aside, outside of that is just an illusion of separation, that you don't have the power, that you have to find approval. Well, and from that was Jesus the backwards thing. Heaven or be saved. You save yourself. All of that power is within you. It's just an illusion that you've been separated from it. So you can reclaim that power at any time and step into, you know, like Rumi said, you were the drop in the ocean. And I actually think like you're the drop and the ocean. Like you're (laughs) that incredible. You're just a tiny piece, but you don't take the ocean out of the one drop. It's still ocean water. And that's how we are. You know, I'm no longer religious, but I am definitely very spiritual and this is really what I have come to discover as my truth. Everyone's welcome to interpret their own different ways. But my truth is that we are all one. We are a one connected universe. And anything that puts something outside of ourselves is just feeding into this illusion of separation. That's not the reality. We are all connected. We are all part of this universe. Well, in the second you put the power outside of yourself, you take away people's power and how do you control people by taking away their power? So it's time to reclaim our power. That was the most shifting moment. The day that I looked around the room and I was like, I am no better than any of these people. I don't have any higher truth than any of them. I am not more worthy. I am equal. And I 
to this day, I smile and I think the freedom, I shed this layer of like needing to feel superior to people because, um, because of my faith. And, and I had a truth that nobody else had. And I'll tell you, that was the most beautiful moment for me just to realize that I am no better than anybody else and that I am equal and I have power inside of myself. And I, I got through those situations. I am able to overcome. I am able to master certain things. And that doesn't make me conceited. That doesn't make me selfish. That makes me fucking proud of myself. And when I'm proud of myself, I elevate and I am able to have more energy to love on the people around me and to encourage them and to build them up to believe in themselves too. It's just this beautiful, this is beautiful spiral of like personal belief and care of ourselves. It's such a beautiful unfolding when we just allow ourselves to be and observe what is really there. And when we really just start to strip away the conditioning, the programming, to start to unlearn all of those things that aren't us, everything that's not love, all of that fear, all of that worry, all of that stress, all of those stories that make us feel not good. We can start to strip that away and unlearn that and create space from which our authentic, fully expressed, love-driven being can come forth. And that is, that's why we're here. You know, we're, we're here to experience and we do get to choose at the end of the day. It, I know it often looks like it's not a choice, mm-hmm. but you get to choose. You get to choose your response, how you experience it and all of these things. And ultimately that is the most powerful thing that you can possibly do. Yep. Beautiful. That's a perfect way to start to close this call off. Um, can you tell us where people can find you? I will put the links in the show notes. Okay. But if anybody wants to get a hold of you. Yeah, you can find information about my book and my podcast or any ways to work with me on my website at coachchristyholt.com. I love new friends and I mostly hang out on Facebook. Um, I'm on all the other platforms. You can find me and all the links for all of my social medias on my website as well. So yeah, do you have any questions or would love to connect? I love to connect with other incredible humans that are changing the world. I'm, I'm on a mission. Nice. Happiness Hussey style to, you know, <laughs> help everyone to, you know, live in their peak, peak designed. Yeah. Authentic life. Yeah. That's what you deserve. Yep. I was going to ask you for like one last nugget, but that was a pretty good one. Is there any other nuggets? Ooh, I give you one. Um, since we were mostly talking relationship today, I just really want to drive home the point. Two things, actually, I can't keep it to one. Number one, the bravest thing that you can do is be yourself. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this is the, the foundation. Number two, look for someone who completely accepts you, not someone to complete you. Cause that is, that's some movie fairy tale fiction nonsense, you are already complete. You are already whole. And so look to someone who accepts all of you. And that's, it's just going to be much better. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Yes. Cause that's so important Two whole people coming together. And this idea is part of the mono mindset that 
our partners complete us. We need to find someone to complete us, which means that we're not whole on our own. That implies that. And that's a lie. So let's just shed that lie right off here. That's not the truth at all. You're not broken. You don't need fixing. You know, you don't need to be put back together. You are already whole. You've just forgotten. Mm -hmm. Love it. Well, this has been an incredible talk. I really enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, these, these talks just change my day some days, right? Like some days are hard, um, but these conversations just make life so amazing. I want people to live this life of freedom and and feel empowered and confident in their lives. And that's why I do this. That's why I have this podcast. That's why I stuck with the name Breaking Free authentically rather than, you know, something that focused on the sex or, or non-monogamy. It's all all intertwined. Yeah, it sure is. Like you us can't, is interconnected. Yeah. You can't be successful with ethical non-monogamy if you're not authentic and if you don't know who you are. Like, don't even try it. I don't recommend it. You can hardly do monogamy that way. <laughs> right. I was like, I hardly recommend that in general, honestly. Yeah. I mean, way to go. Like, if anyone wants to dive into the people pleasing stuff, I actually just released a, a masterclass uh, for people pleasers. It's called the People Pleasers Path to Freedom. Uh, I dropped a lot of nuggets there and how to really figure out what's at the root of that because we all deserve the freedom. We deserve to live a life full of peace. Yep. We do. We do, no matter what anybody says. Do it. Find your freedom. Be authentic. And as I always say, when it comes to sex positivity, authenticity is the key. Have a great week. Well, I wasn't joking when I said that we were going to cover some deep topics and really get in there. But what a conversation that was and how insightful and incredible was Christy and just open and vulnerable and authentic. And I love that. She just, she's my people. Definitely. I love that, you know, she was able to admit that she was the common denominator. She was the one that holds the solutions. And how empowering is that to recognize that the solutions are with us. We get to make decisions in our life that really affect us. And this whole idea of outsourcing our power, you know, so often we stay somewhere where we shouldn't be or we expect things from others um, in order to to find our happiness and that's not where we're going to find it. And so we're the only ones that we can control and that's, again, such an empowering concept. So the two things that she left us with are that the bravest thing that you can do is live your truth and then find someone who accepts you, not someone who completes you, which, boy, if I could tell you the number of times that I have told clients that recently, um, yeah, it's just so prevalent in our mono mindset this idea that we need to find someone that completes us. And that is so, so false and it's defeating and it is harmful in many, many ways. So it's, it's a, 
it's a trap in many ways and it keeps us stuck. So let's get unstuck. Let's find our power and let's recognize that we get to hustle our own happiness and find it in ourselves first and that whole belief system the way that we see things the way that we shift that story inside makes all the difference in how we see the world and how we see opportunities around us how we magnetize the people around us and i want so much for you. I want you to be unstuck. I want you to live an authentic, fulfilled, unstuck life. So let's do this. You can find Christy Holt. I will put her links in the show notes, like I said, or you can join me in our eight-week program, Breaking Free from Monogamy. And it is all about breaking free from the conformity that we find ourselves in in this culture You might want to stay monogamous. Absolutely cool. 100% support that. Um, But you still have to break free from that programming that keeps you stuck. So let's figure out how to not outsource our power, how to tap into ourselves for that, and come and join me. Go take the quiz if you haven't taken the quiz. Sign up for the Deep Dive Workshop. DM me for the code. I am still offering it for free. I've extended it because I'm in the middle of moving and I just have not had time to do the things that I wanted to do with this launch. So it's an extended, extended launch. So please do not waste any time asking for this because it will not be available forever for free. So get the code so that you can take this Deep Dive Workshop and book a call with me. Let's get on a call and find out how we can help you, how we can help you navigate the lifestyle if you are wanting to become ethically non-monogamous. If you just want to tap into your power, how do you do that? What's the best way to not blame your partner anymore and not outsource your power? All of that we can do uh, with my mentorship or in my program. I want to work with you. Come and work with me. If this podcast appeals to you if it if we cover the topics that are interesting to you if my message is something you relate to then please reach out to me I want to work with you you are my people so let's do this no messing around and taking forever to figure all this stuff out trust me I did it the hard way and I don't want that for you so Let's do this together. I can hold your hand through the process and let's enjoy it while we do. So have a great week. I love you all. Thank you so much for being here and I will see you next week for episode 50. We're already on episode 50 next week. So how exciting. Come celebrate next week with me. Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at Kareen Bedard Coaching, and you can visit my website at kareenbedard.com. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to give it a like and share it with your friends. I'd be so grateful if you could help by giving us a five-star review on Podchaser or iTunes. Don't forget to subscribe to our mailing list to be kept up to date about upcoming episodes and exciting news. Just visit our website at breakingfreeauthentically.com. 
and scroll down to subscribe. You can also email me anytime. I'd love to hear from you. Send your messages and questions to kareen at kareenbedard.com. Are you a part of my Facebook community yet? Join us in Breaking Free Authentically. It's where you will find this sex-positive relationship community. I'd be thrilled to have you be a part of this community with me. All the links will be in the show notes, so don't forget to check it out. Remember, when it comes to sex positivity, authenticity is the key. Have a great week.